Oh, oh, one more thing. Just One More Thing, the podcast where we discuss iconic and much-beloved 1970s television detective show, Columbo. My name's John Morris. And I'm R.J. White. This time around, we're going to be talking about Mind Over Mayhem, originally broadcast February 10th, 1974, directed by Alf Jelen, written by Stephen Bochco, Dean Hargrove, Roland Kibbe, and starring Jose Ferrer, Jessica Walter, Robert Walker, Robbie the Robot, what? And of course... Peter Falk as Columbo. And every episode of Just One More Thing, as always, we are joined by a special guest to help us discuss the episode. This time around, we're joined by Alex Knapp, staff writer for Forbes. But before we bring him on, we're going to have RJ introduce us to the episode. And unfortunately, RJ uh, wrote an intro that he uh, lost. Yeah, I, so, did, I didn't hit save and yeah. disappeared from my desktop. Okay, so he's going to improv- Apparently, I don't know computers well. So yeah, you need the help. Well, no, I'm just gonna, okay. So, um, basically, we we uh, were uh, ensconced this entire episode at the Cybernetic Research Institute, where director of the place Marshall Cahill uh, learns that his son has just uh, been awarded uh, some sort of medal for this theory he got. Well, he stole the theory from a dead man, and one of the other scientists at the institute threatens to expose the kid. Well, Mr. Cahill can't have that. So he decides the best way to deal with it is hit him with a car and fake a robbery. That doesn't really go too well, no matter how smart you are, because Columbo is always going to smart you with the help of a boy genius, a 50s movie robot, and some very, very expensive cigars from Cuba. Columbo traps him in the end. Oh, and also with the help of a kind of mean uh, trick that Columbo, you don't see him use that often. And of course, uh, we end up with... Uh, Mr. Cahill confessing to the whole thing and presumably going up to jail, but of course we don't see that. But yes. Yeah, right, it didn't no. go so well. Anyway, uh, thank yeah, you, bad, bad. Uh, Mr. Knapp, for joining us. Now, when you uh, agreed to do this, you wanted to uh, watch this particular episode. Why did you pick this one? Well, I uh, think the main reason I picked this one is because the, the title of the column I for Forbes is Robot Overlords. Oh, okay. Plays yeah. a prominent role in this episode, so which yeah, I that because I mean um, of course Robbie the robot uh, he showed up a few times in uh, popular culture over the years. The first time uh, was the uh, film uh, Forbidden Planet. Uh, he was also in Gremlins, had a brief spot, but this one he's in this one quite a bit, but in a kind of a slightly different form. There's no walking and there's no talking, so it's very strange. I think there must have been a budget thing. You know, we talked uh, last episode about how there's some things they did in 70s television shows that, like, were so common that you had to make a conscious decision not to do them. And I think having Robbie the Robot in a 70s television show was practically mandatory. Yeah? Yeah. I seem to remember him being in, like, in oh, everything. Oh, ones? I know he was in a ton of variety shows. I'm sure. Oh. I, I feel like he was on Happy Days. I'm sure that's wrong. But... Uh, probably you had to pay extra for the voice and maybe for movement. Oh, probably. I mean, it's pretty, yeah, it probably was easier and cheaper to just, instead of having somebody in the studio, you probably put some kind of motor in there and just kind of have someone maybe remote control off camera, moving it around as opposed yeah. I don't know, but yeah. But it's odd. And I'm wondering, the, the robot from Lost in Space, B9, was probably sitting at home watching this, 
On the phone with his agent. You haven't got me anything since that was on. What? Come on. What is this? This guy is getting work all the time. So, not unhappy. You know, oddly, <sighs> I thought, you know, for by by choosing not to do the voice and the movement, uh, it actually grounded the use of the robot. You know what? Yeah, it did seem it a bit more... Yeah, it seemed a bit more realistic that it was this experimental thing. Well, not so realistic it was built by a 10-year-old kid, but... Right. <laughs> right. Otherwise, yeah. And also, this kid... Okay, so we should... Uh, folks haven't seen the episode. Um, <laughs> the robot in question, Robbie the Robot, playing a character named MM7, uh, in the episode is, had been built by a young boy genius... Um, and for some reason, this boy genius, this kid in the seventies decided to build a robot looking like some crazy forties and fifties science fiction thing, which I guess makes sense considering he likes to go to drive in films. Yeah. Like the kid has films, a sense so. of, the kid has a sense of whimsy Yeah, because he said that like the first robot he built was a Mickey Mouse watch or something like that. Mickey Mouse toy. Robot. Yeah. Mickey Mouse toy. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so he's got he's got a sense of whimsy, and he's really hooked on the '30s for some reason. It was 40s. a Frankenstein movie he saw too. Oh, right, an R-rated oh. Frankenstein an movie. R-rated Frankenstein movie. The loves of Frankenstein. The loves of Frankenstein. Like Christopher Lee. I I like to imagine it was a hammer. Oh, you're right. That's probably why. So yeah, so the kid was going. There's some violence, some really fake orange-looking blood, and maybe some boobs. There are probably <laughs> tons of boobs. Yeah. Yeah, which is okay. And the the poor mortar pool guy who was afraid of the boy genius. Right. Had to take him. It was probably a little uncomfortable in the car. Like, oh, hey, you shouldn't be seeing this, Sonny. Come on. Right. We don't know anything about the kid's parents about Mr. and Mrs. Spellberg. Well, no. he, he the, the father is a barber, I think. No. Right. No, they both had uh, pretty pedestrian careers. Yeah. 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 Which oh, is oh. why he, he ended up at the special place. And and you kind of glided over the kid's name. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's talk about that a little bit because <laughs> that's kind of interesting. The kid's name is Steven Spellberg, mm-hmm. which, of course, it has to be a reference to the guy who directed the first regular episode of the show, Steven Spielberg. So I got this boy genius character with the name Steven Spellberg, which is odd because, I mean, yeah, um, uh, Jaws hadn't even come out yet. So it was just this kind of really weird little nod that probably wouldn't have registered a lot of folks, I'm guessing, at the time. Yeah, it's probably just it, an inside joke, right? Yeah. It probably was, although it's certainly nicer than the homage they gave to him in the in the revival. So Oh oh with um um oh shoot uh Fisher Stevens, yes. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, yeah. That one. Oh boy. Oh I'm not looking forward to getting to that one. But hopefully that's like a look forward year to them and a all half. Ugh. They're if a growing opportunity. Put that one up with what I've heard about the uh George Wendt episode. It's not Alex, a, it's a George Wendt episode, but only because nothing is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alex, have you have you sure. seen the whole Columbo oeuvre at this point? Uh, at, at, at there, I think there's a, a uh, there's like one box DVD from the revival. I think from the eighties. I haven't seen yet. But other than that, I everything streaming I've seen, and, and most of the DVDs library pending library availability. <laughs> well, how how okay? Here's a good question. How did you uh, actually? come to start watching it? Have you been watching it for a long time, or is it like the last couple of years ago when it's become more easily available, or...? Yeah, well, I remember watching it as a kid and liking it, because my, my parents were fans, and my mom, I mean, was a Levinson Link fan, like, watched Murder, She Wrote, and all the other shows that they did. Mm-hmm. Like, liked them. Um, and uh, 
And then um, I just, when it came on Netflix for the first time, I remember it was late night flipping through being like, oh yeah, Columbo, I remember Columbo. And I started watching it and just got hooked right away. Um, I, I think in large part because uh, I, 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 I think the first one that I could watch because uh, for a while they weren't all on Netflix. Um, so mm-hmm. the first one I right. watched was Death Lends a Hand, which is one of the early episodes. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's so remember, good. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, it was a, there was a great scene where he's walking in the PI's office and like, check out this great sensor technology. Oh, it must be broken because it didn't detect your gun. Like, oh, because I don't carry one. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, that's a wonderful point in that episode. Yeah, <laughs> so re- it was just uh, refreshing for modern cop shows where they pull out their guns to you know write a traffic ticket. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> um, yeah, no, he just relies on his noticing things, his brain. That's it. That's oh, something. I'm, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, just uh, on the on the gun note, that's something that uh, I remember our our pilot guest Leonard Pierce and voice of Christmas Past or to be. Uh, Leonard Pierce uh, brought up when he wrote about um, the Long Good Friday, the the Bob Hoskins film, which is there's no guns in it until the time it's a gangster movie, but there's no guns in the movie until they have to pull out guns, and then all the guns are out, and it makes it it makes the presence of guns so much more serious, which I think is also something they accomplish in Columbo by him never carrying a gun, really dismissing the the value of a gun. It makes all the murders just slightly worse because these people so quickly go for something that kills people. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? I don't know if that made sense, but... No, it does. And and the fact that, yeah, it's all of the times he's going up against people, it's just thinking. It's out thinking. It's mm-hmm. out figuring. It's out noticing. It's out considering. That's it. Yeah. And, and a lot of times, I mean, a few times, I mean, it's... The murders are... Quite a few of them. I, I know somebody produced this poster um, over the holidays that breaks down like the methods of murder, and I'm not sure what the percentage was of people who actually get murdered with a gun. But it's usually not some kill crazy, you know, guy with a pistol going around. It's it's mm-hmm. usually someone where it's some peculiar thing where it's not somebody who would be carrying a gun all the time or anything like that, and it's right. some odd method. So yeah, it's not usually your typical. I mean, the violent stuff, but not typical cop show gun violence uh, situation. I don't know. And this one, with the outthinking, I I was struck by how quickly and obviously he knows exactly who the hell did it. I mean, he says at the end of the episode, like, oh, I knew 10 minutes of meeting you. But you do see that in the early part of the episode when he first meets Jose Ferrer. Mm -hmm. The realization there where he's got the cigar... You see, like, oh, he's it, it's clicked. He knows. Right. He, you yeah. know for sure he's going after this guy 100% for the rest of the episode, and he's going to make it very obvious. It's not always that. I mean, usually it's kind of clear, but this time they made it super, super clear that's what was going on. Yeah, uh, Ferrer plays like a really just bristling, bristlingly unpleasant person oh, from terrible. the get-go. Yes, he doesn't he doesn't do any of the glad handing a lot of the killers do. He doesn't try to to even when he's kind of being nice to Columbo, trying to give him cigars. It's it's just grossly uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He clearly is bothered by Columbo from the get-go. Yes. Oh no, he's a, and he's he's a huge jerk about it. I mean, he mm-hmm. there's a couple of times where he's just 
being insulting to him about his right. intelligence. Uh, you, have the, a tra- you have a transparent mind, which is in no way to uh, imply clear thinking. I, right. I wrote down that line, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there, there's a one, uh, one thing, too, about... Um, oh, they're in the computer room where he says something about... I, I forget what Columbo says, but then he says, like, well, I doubt it. You don't have the... You haven't got the brains for it. Right. Yes. Yeah, just flat out just tell him he's not smart enough. constantly, just constantly berating him because, I mean, that's how the guy feels superior, being this head of a think tank that I'm sure has uh, come up with many, many ways to kill people um, over yeah. the years. The GE so, yeah. laboratories, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I'm, but, I'm still trying to figure... Oh, so, yeah, Alex, go ahead. Yeah, I'm I was, stepping I was, on I was, your I, lines. I was just going to say that the thing that I liked the most about this episode, you know, like I remembered the robot, but I hadn't seen this one for a couple of years. But this is like the episode of Columbo where you see a lot of the scenes I think would normally be off screen with him oh. pursuing clues. And yeah. and I made note of this. The only time he acts dumb and like plays the Columbo act is around Cahill and around everyone else, he's perfectly normal. You're right. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he is. With, with like, uh, pulling out the, the weird uh, uh, tape, tape recorder tape. and everything else. Going along with that. You're right. Yeah, he plays, like, the kind of self-effacing thing with him. But, yeah, you see him just being a normal guy. Well, I mean, the, the, the person he's the most uh, natural with is the kid. Yeah. Like, actually telling him his entire thought process. Right. Yeah. No, well, even, that, like, the, the thing where he's... The kid tells him uh, that Cahill had uh, never done that before, telling him to go off, you know, and have some fun. And the kid's like, is that important? And he actually lets him in and think, well, if somebody does something they've never done before to a detective, yes, that can be very important. He doesn't usually let people, or they usually don't see him let people in on that sort of thing very often. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. I didn't even think about it that way. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and and you really see it because there's a scene when he's with Neil, the son, um, and just talking to him alone. And he's almost like a normal cop. But as soon as dad comes in, like, Switches. he slumps, he pulls out the tape recorder. And I noticed this, I actually made note of this, when he was talking to Neil, he read off notes on paper. He didn't use the tape recorder. That's right. Mm. He did. That's what he pulled out. Yes. Oh. I'm, so, I'm trying to figure out a really minor thing about Cahill's character, hmm. uh, which is the, the name Marshall Cahill seems to be a reference to the John Wayne movie, Mm -hmm. Cahill, U.S. Marshall. Really? Which came out the year before. And I I was looking it up. I was thinking, like, Bochco was somehow involved with it, and he isn't. None of the writers are. uh, Alf Kellen is not involved with it. I have no idea why, except, I guess, just coincidence, that he's called Marshall Cahill. How could be? Well, that's weird, though, if it came out that... Yeah, yeah, it's strange. It's a super weird one. Hmm. Uh, along those lines, I, uh, you know, we talk about on, on this podcast very often, like as we dig into the, we find little things that the killers often do, little performances that the actors do that they give us a little more insight or even sometimes some sympathy with the killer. Ferrer did something in this episode that actually made me really hate him immensely. Oh what? Uh, at the character, and it's a it's the scene with Jessica Walters um, right after uh, Nicholson's been murdered, and and he comes over to feign concern about it, and he offers to uh, he tells her you should stay in one of the uh, the facilities clubhouses or something like that. Right. Yeah. Well, in guest cottages or something. Guest like cottages, that. and she just kind of barks back at him. I was going to. 
Like she already had that plan. And I, from that interaction, I got the feeling I was, I got, uh, I spent a lot of the episode trying to figure out why Cahill and Nicholson seem to have so much, uh, ire towards one another. And I think that might be part of it is that, that Cahill, uh, might've been jealous of the sexy young wife that Nicholson had. And he was thinking, yeah, well, I'm a, I'm higher up in the Academy. Why don't I, I have a sexier, younger wife? Oh, could be. You know? Because she definitely, she definitely gave a read like she had been dealing with his advances or his overbearing nature for a long time. Well, also, I think, um, given some of the stuff she was doing later on, I think she probably had a suspicion oh, that yeah. he had something to do with it. And I think probably from the start. Because I mean, she knew that wasn't the son. Because right. the son, so I'm like, oh, he thinks I did. He's like, oh, you feel guilty for that, too? Jesus. Yeah, I think, I think she knew from the start that he had something to do with it as well. I mean, she's got that great line when she's talking to um, uh, Robert Walker uh, about Columbo uh, where she actually says something about like he's a lot wiser than he cares to show. So I think mm-hmm. she knew that he was on the right course, but she couldn't do anything about it being a psychiatrist and not you know, the, the patient confidentiality thing. Yeah, so I think I think she knew even from the start that if he didn't do it, that he at least had something to do with it because it was no coincidence that they were going to you know, uh, turn in his son, and then he ends up right. dead. Which I mean, they relate like in the brief time you see their relationship to um, uh, Jessica Walter and the husband. It's mm-hmm. it makes you feel even worse because they actually did a really good job of the performance and the writing there. Like you feel even worse that the murder happens. Like oh crap, they really really did love each other. Yeah, there's like yeah. there was like an obvious respect and rapport between them. Yeah, no, it was they, they did a really good job of making you feel even more heartbroken that that happened. And just as an aside, I, uh, I was just checking IMDb for birth dates because uh, I was thinking Jessica Walter probably would have made a really good Mrs. Columbo for that show. Oh, and you know, and yeah. she's yeah. 14 years older than Kate Mulgrew, so it would have been age appropriate. That would have made a lot more sense. Yeah. Cast in a fantasy Mrs. Columbo here. For, forget the casting current Columbos. <laughs> Let's get the trend going. <laughs> Fantasy casting of Mrs. Columbo back in the late early eighties. There we go. <laughs> That's really specific. Let's okay, do that. Yeah. That's gonna sweep the internet like wildfire. Screw you. All you Ooh, Columbo people trying you? to <laughs> people trying to revive Columbo. Let's that just how like a really ge- could have, yeah, no. That was a really generic screw you. It just sounded like it was for everybody in the world. Only our listeners. No, I uh, no, I'm kidding. No, just for us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, the, yeah, they're I, I, it kind of reminds me of the fact that thinking out this entire thing, um, in general, all of the performances, I thought, and all the casting in this, I thought was awfully good. I thought it was like yeah. a really, really well-acted episode, because sometimes you get them and you get like some, even to some of the bit players, kind of like, eh, that's, that's a little rough. But this one, I didn't feel like that at all. The kid was even good. He wasn't like He a, wasn't that bad, yeah. No, he, yeah. he played it very well, I thought. He wasn't like a Macaulay Culkin in uh, Jacob's Ladder or nothing, but. <laughs> but I mean, like as no, wait, nothing. This... All right, fair yeah, enough. okay. I've never seen it, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. I'm sorry. He just—he really just—he doesn't. Have, I don't think he has any lines. He just hold, looks... hold on. This weekend, uh, rent Jacob's man. Ladder. Okay, I'm set. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Expanding horizons. I'll have a report um... next episode. <laughs> I'm just saying he's, uh, uh, but yeah, I mean he delivered lines like a Disney kid delivers lines because he was a Disney kid. Oh, he was. Yeah, uh, Lee Montgomery. He was in. Uh, he was in uh, something like the computer cat that wore socks or some damn Disney <laughs> movie. 
And I think he was in he was in the Oh, Million Dollar Duck. He was in Million Dollar Duck. <laughs> million Dollar Duck. Holy crap. Why does neither of those sounds less made up? No, I don't. There's your fictional one, and then I gave yeah. you the real one, and it sounded just as ridiculous duck. and dumb and silly. It could have uh, it could have just been like football orangutan and sounded just as real. <laughs> Uh, and he was in the sequel to uh, Willard, I think. Oh, oh you know, I, 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 we were watching it. Laura looked him up. My, my wife oh, okay. Laura. And uh, he's in Girls Just Want to Have Fun, I think, is some kind of uh, dancing <laughs> role. Like, she remembered wow. him. She like It's like, oh, he's that guy from that. I'm like, oh, okay, I don't That's know. That's pure insanity. So he's in that. You know, while we're talking about roles, I looked up all of Robbie the Robot's television work. Yeah. If, you, if you're interested for a little trivia, this will take about 30 seconds. All right. All right, so he, uh, uh, in the 60s and 70s, appeared in Hazel, The Many, okay. Loves, the Many Loves of Dobie Gillis. Jesus, they were them out all over the place. Twice in the Twilight Zone, The okay. Addams Family, three right. times in Lost in Space. Wait, what? Three times, and oh. he played in order. He was order. like the evil robot, right? Yeah, he played, ro- yeah. He played Robotoid. No, seriously, yeah. um, uh, Robot B9 must have been so pissed at an agent. He hasn't <laughs> shown up anywhere since then. Uh, Wonder Woman. Where are my Mork, calls? Mork and Mindy, by the way. That's what I was thinking of. He, oh, he was okay. on Mork and Mindy. But here's the best one. Uh, uh, Peter Lawford starred in a Thin Man TV show in the late 50s. Oh, dear. And oh. Rob and Robbie the Robot was on it as Robot Client. Oh, my God. Oh, now I just want to see it. Right? You, nothing, at, first, you know, at first you say Peter Lawford in a Thin Man TV series. Ugh. But then Robot Client. What? Well, what? you have Tune my interest. Yep. You've piqued my interest there. <laughs> well, speaking of the roles, too, like uh, watching this, I, it got me thinking, like, oh, wait, we, we've seen one for the podcast with uh, Leslie Nielsen. Uh, we've seen Anne Francis. Mm-hmm. And everything. Like, I, like I, and yeah, so it's like three, uh, car- three actors using the air quotes for a robot prop from uh, Forbidden Planet. I looked it up. There's like, I think one more guy, one of the uh, spaceship crew members was also on a Columbo. I was hoping it like, would be a thing where like, oh, Walter Pigeon and like 20 other people. But no, there's, right, so there's a, cro- there's a slight crossover between Forbidden Planet and Columbo for some reason or other. Oh, that's right. I decided this was a shared universe. I was going to start the Columbo shared universe and that this is what? a prequel. This is a prequel to Forbidden, for, Forbidden Planet. Yeah. Forbidden Planet. Oh, the robot! Oh, jeez. Okay, I can't see where we're going with this, but go there. No, just as as the kid gets older, he changes his name to Morbius. That's the whole thing. Ah, <laughs> oh, well, could be. <laughs> Find some secret of immortality. Do yeah. We get, do we get a Star Trek crossover here? Because uh, Neil yeah, let's get to an episode of Star Trek, and we've had Leonard Nimoy and William Shatner, and oh yeah, the Charlie well, Seven, Walter guy, yeah. Walter Koenig also. Oh well, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know what? That's. That I should do a lookup of that. Like who's both of those deals? <laughs> yeah, Charlie uh, Charlie X was an interesting. Charlie X. I said Charlie Seven. Why, why am I saying Charlie Seven? I'm you were sure. thinking uh, Seven from a Simon Earth. I'm a huge Star Trek nerd, so oh, maybe. <laughs> no, could be. Yeah, yeah, probably was Gary Seven. Yeah, I didn't yeah. even have to look that up. Yeah, Charlie X, Gary Seven. Yeah, Robert Robert Walker, who uh, was watching this, thinking, boy, the guy from uh, Strangers on a Train. He he still looked he still looked youngish in the seventies, but it's kind of weird. And they realized, oh no, it's his son. But he looks so much like his father. It's it's a he, little unsettling. Yeah, yeah. He, he does. But I, I I mentioned him. I noticed though that the scenes with him and Jessica Walter together are outstanding. Yeah, they're very good. He screams a lot, but yes. Yeah, he's got two settings, and that kind of bugged me. He's it's either like a simpering whimper. 
or shouting at the top of his lungs. Oh my god, he gets but, when he gets wound up, he gets wound up. Yeah, there's there's a oh, line man. where uh, uh, Ferrer's character implies that that he's been sleeping with his therapist, and I I feel like the director said, okay, so uh, what you want to do here is uh, your father has just accused you of sleeping with your therapist and maybe murdering her husband, and you're shocked and outraged, and uh, but also maybe you've been harboring some kind of like maternal feel, like uh, oh, okay, so uh, scream so, at the top of my lungs, so, got it. No, 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 no. I, I, a lot of subtlety in this. A lot of subtlety in this. Uh, so you want to you want to include a lot of emotional range in it. I'll shout at the top of my lungs. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Cut. We're good. Next. It, it, uh, it oddly makes sense that he'd be that wound up, though, given given what a jerk Jose Ferrara is. Yeah, I know, <laughs> and it's been pressuring him his entire life, apparently, uh, with this. Cybernetic wonder... Research Institute, which can we talk about? That's an odd <laughs> name for a place. Because I mean, yeah. I, it just seems strange. They cover a lot more things than. Well, I mean, how how would you define just cybernetics? I always associate that with, I, I guess, computers. Well, robots, no, I think that computer, I, I, I don't think know. It's fair, it's, I think it's yeah. fair to say that like an artificial intelligence is cybernetic. But then yeah. they're also covering things like chemistry and. Uh, natural gas right. cars that still sound like they have uh, internal combustion engines and right. things like that. Uh, and what it sounds, and I'm gonna, I'll nerd it up for you here. It, it seems like uh, they, they're probably all the research is stuff that they're running on that big supercomputer. Oh, okay. So, because uh, there, there were um, in the '70s, there were a lot of research groups that, and and even today, actually, around supercomputers, um, you get research groups that kind of grow up around them. Because uh, because one of the things I, I made a note of because I thought <laughs> because the theory he stole is the molecular theory of matter. Which I know, which is such a great ridiculous <laughs> name. Yes, I love that. I have a theory. I have a theory. And, and well, no, no, matter. matter and awarded by the National Science Organization. Oh, it's the Organization <laughs> of Science for the Nation. <laughs> Okay. It was such a prestigious award. I mean, newspaper men were over it. Well, okay, and Columbo. Columbo yeah. had heard of it. He'd seen yeah. the yeah. papers. It's given, it's given to. But, but they <laughs> if said you that get the, that award. Yeah, they oh, said the reason why the dead guy hadn't done it, though, is because it hadn't been proven and he'd used the computer to prove right. the theory. So I'm guessing that, like, everything kind of revolt in that institute kind of revolves around the computer. So, like, that computer was developed at a certain point, and then that just pretty much was it. Or yeah, maybe it kind even of like organically grew up around the computer would be my guess. I mean, I couldn't even, like, yeah, the, the institute was like, okay, we got we want to put this computer together. Like, they got, the, the, the dad probably worked at some university. And it's yeah. like, you know what, let's develop a computer. We'll get a bunch of money uh, from the Defense Department to develop this thing and build it. And then once they did, yeah, they just keep getting grant money to keep things going and plan out World War Three and everything else. Yes. Forever. With, uh, and, yeah, I got a War Games flashback. In Jesus, the yeah, that thing was... <laughs> it I was, was expecting, oh, like, 75% casualties in the Western Hemisphere. I'm like, guys, the only way to win is not to play. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, the, uh, speaking of, of the Institute, the supercomputer at the Institute... That it's controlled entirely from one keyboard, uh, right. and also that so uh, when when Ferrer needs to construct an alibi, he locks himself in the control room with his keyboard and brings Robbie the robot into the room with him to type on the keyboard yeah. in the most low tech application of cybernetics I've ever seen in my life. 
he just has the robot type, like hunt and peck. But the thing is, also the robot, um, it's its claws are kind of too big to use computer games. Yeah. So it seems like that's kind of a sloppy application for that robot. There should have been a scene where Robbie looks around for a pencil, like, <laughs> clumsily picks to use it that. up, tap, tap, tap. Error. Hitting but what's great is to, to, make, at once. to make to make Robbie capable of typing in all those instructions, Ferrer had to create one of those black box 8-track tapes. Yes, 8-track yeah. tapes. And then yes. plug it into the robot, and then the robot went and typed in all the instructions that went to the supercomputer. Surely, just write a program that goes that on supercomputer. Yeah. Yes, it's well, apparently not that supercomputer. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, his broad idea for the murder was to you know honk a horn, the- so a guy comes outside and then gets hit by a car. <laughs> So this? who's talking? Yeah. He may have been a, a, a genius, but not a criminal mastermind. <laughs> but, then, but then different non-overlapping skill sets. No, you know what? I, actually, what I love about the murder Columbo so much. Columbo says he is. It was a genius who must have put this right. together. So I don't know if he was being sarcastic or what. <laughs> well, uh, just, I think the, he might have been a little sarcastic. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> at the at the end of the the actual act of murder, though, he goes to the guys. Uh, lab and steals this giant tube of heroin. Yeah, to make it yeah. look like yeah, and like to make it look like the the place had been robbed for heroin. Why not just in, like if the guy had a ton of heroin around, you probably could have fabricated that he had a secret heroin habit, inject him with a shit ton of heroin, or I guess yeah. hit him with your car. Have the car <laughs> then uh, dump the heroin in some tank of used acid, and that's much better, right? The uh, and that acid got so strung out. Um, I actually had a theory about the heroin too. I you always a, have a theory about heroin. <laughs> I have a plan. I've got a. I've got a weekend plan for that heroin. Uh, I had a, just the theory that because he kind of beelined for it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a chance that that uh, Bobby Cahill Jr. or whatever his name was, Charlie X. I, I was wondering if maybe one of Charlie X's problems, and maybe one of the reasons he was so shaky, is that he was on heroin. Maybe, and that, and that maybe that's how he knew that there was heroin in there. Because, you know, if you're a heroin addict working at a place where there's a lot of scientists working on heroin, you know where the heroin is. Well, no, I think they kind of explained it, the fact that he knew there were a bunch of... Dr- and you know what? Uh, thinking back, the camera pans over a bunch of different chemical compounds. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't even think to type some of those into Google and see if, like, okay, what other drugs are there on the table? I think there was... Because uh, he was... Cause he, because he said... They said that he was doing research on drugs for the government. So I think it right. was common knowledge that he had a bunch of that stuff in his garage. Oh, he was making, he was making crack cocaine for the Yes, FBI. that's what it was. Yes, he was, he was working on that for the CIA. Yes. Yeah. To introduce... The, to to uh, flood, the, uh, flood the black communities. Yes, that there you go. That's bitch. what it was. They came from yeah, the well, Cybernetics Research Institute. Now I'm glad he's dead. Yeah, see... Although, no, although, although, actually, to be fair about the the murder plan, it, it it actually is kind of interesting in that it's one of the rare Columbos where they don't try to the murderer doesn't try to construct the story. He yes. like deliberately made it not make sense, right? I, to make it hard to figure out, which which that's true. Yeah, was, that's a that's a genius move. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, but he did jump in to give his alibi right away, which is always. A dumb yeah. move oh, yeah. if you're a Columbo yeah. murderer. Well, well, I think Mr. Columbo. Yeah. yeah, and Columbo was actually very sarcastic about that, too. He was like, well, I was here doing this. Like, 
Oh, well, thank you. I can't believe I didn't think to ask about that. Because yeah. at the right point, he knows that the guy's just full of bullshit and did it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There, no, and, and there's also a great scene when the, when the other, when the, when Ross comes in and, you know, oh, that little, little dismisses him right away. And he was like, oh, no, he's not the murderer. And as he's lighting his cigar, he's looking right just at him. stares at him. Stares him down. Yes. <laughs> I love it when they do that. Somebody does that sort of thing. Where it's like, yeah, it's you. I'm not saying it, but I'm looking right at you. I know it's you. It's a matter of time. Yeah. But it was just great because Jose Farr's character was so contemptuous yeah. of Columbo, he didn't even notice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I also, well, kind of getting the contemptuous thing, but of course is that its tune changes towards the end of the episode right. when I'm not sure how I feel about uh, Columbo's little gambit there at the end. Right, right. Where he just freaks everybody out. And just, well, I don't know if that's a cop he had pretending to be the owner of the hotel who lied about seeing um, Cahill's son and Jessica Walter at the place and everything else. But it was just such a, that's not something you usually you see on the show that often, where no, he just completely blatantly sets something up. And yeah, it was a little weird to me. Yeah, the, uh, Dar- uh, the actor who played that was Daryl Zwirling, and he's only credited as motel manager. Yeah. Oh, so I don't know. Like, where? Who is that guy yeah. that he got to lie about that? Like, I guess it's not. It's not above Columbo to be like, I know some seedy motel managers. I'll bring him right, in. Right? Yeah. Chill, you know. Yeah. But then uh, the cops, the two, the, the three cops too, that came in with him. Like, okay, yeah. you're gonna take this guy downtown. Be and do it. I'm just trying yeah, well, to freak out the dad. Yeah. One one common thread though, because he didn't even really need the confession. I he like. This was such a great doggedly procedural one. I think he had a good case without the confession. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Columbo always overkills when he doesn't like the guy. <laughs> but, the, but see, that's a weird thing because, but then at the, yeah, you're right. But then at the end, he sits down to have a cigar with him, which is something he usually does with, like, you know, Donald Pleasance or something like that right. when he feels yeah. sorry for the guy. So I don't know if he felt sorry for him at the end because he was just trying to protect his kid. Or I what felt the like deal I felt like he was actually kind of lording it over him. I think he didn't want to leave. Well, I, okay, well that makes sense. Part of that yeah. because the way he's sitting in the chair and the fact that Columbo is smoking the Cuban cigar that he told mm-hmm. him he was going to save for a special occasion, such yeah. as yep. sending your ass to prison. But then he gives, <laughs> but then he gives Jose Ferrer one of his uh, cheap ass supermarket cigars to smoke yeah. with him. Which, yeah, I guess that is kind of a bit of a tweaking him a bit that way yeah yeah that's okay like i like the ones and i think this is actually ties into the last time colombo did the overkill on a guy that he didn't like and had enough evidence to put away which was the george hamilton episode where mm-hmm. he played the hypnotist because uh he yeah he just completely overdoes it and he's kind oh. of sneering at the guy too at the end of it he's like real Smug about having caught him in the lie. Yeah, but but the but the George Hamilton one whew, that that's a shaky one legally. I think that's a shaky one. But all, uh, during the, uh, I guess we don't want to talk about a different episode. But there was enough evidence there that you could easily peg him. Yeah, I mean, probably the, the, enough enough to get him to plead yeah. down or something at least. And he just wanted to do that last bit to be like, how'd you know there was a blind man there? That's all he needed. Right. Yeah. Just to rub it in. He just had to do a gotcha because he because otherwise it was just. He turns it into his captain, and they they issue a warrant. And that's and not it, as exciting. And it's a better better ending for a TV show too. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. way. Uh, look at my notes. Uh, uh, something I forgot to mention: um, the repeated uh, pronunciation 
of robot as robot. Just robot. delighted me to no end. Because I thought, I I thought at first with Columbo, it, it was like, oh, it's kind of funny. Uh, Columbo uh, pronounced it robot, sure. But then Jose Ferrer's character pronounces it robot, too. And like, wait, what? All right. Everybody pronounces it robot in this universe. Sure. Instead yeah, of robots. But I, I did like, and this is you know a common thing in Columbus, but especially in this one that that Columbo likes gadgets. Like he's yeah. a simple guy, but you know he 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 really whenever they have him doing some advanced tech stuff, he always really likes it and it's likes learning. Yeah, yeah. No, and this one like the robot, he's just like uh, when he, the robot's walking, the robot is walking a dog back and forth. He's just kind of <laughs> shaking his head in wonder before he uh, leaves the lab, which is funny. Oh, the stuff with dog uh, was wonderful in this too. Yes. Yeah. Uh, explaining the, to anytime, him. Yeah. Anytime there's an intersection with dog and a kid and Columbo, that usually comes out pretty good. Yeah, it does. Well, this one even before that, that too, where the, when we first oh, yeah. see him in this episode, you think he, he's being kind of told that uh, about someone being a bad student at some academy. Anything like, oh, it, it's a nephew of Columbo's or something. Like that. No, it's the dog being thrown out of dog school. Right, <laughs> the and dog is being thrown out of dog school. <laughs> yeah, he he like yeah brings down morale. Yes, um, that's brilliant. So he has to I take it like with him, the... and there's so much nice stuff too when he goes to the actual uh, the the institute, and the dog's in the car, and just won't let him get a moment's notice talking to anybody because he's just barking. He's like, right. I'm talking to this nice gentleman over here. I'll be right back. He does I'm a just bit over with here. the dog. Yes, he does a great I, bit with a dog. He does a great bit with the dog, and then, of course, uh, uh, Lee, the part where he says he just likes to be around people. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't care who, just, just people. He doesn't care who. It's just he likes the company. Well, no, which this, is a, this lovely line where he leaves him with the uh, motor pool guy. He's like, okay, you're, you're going to be staying with this gentleman. He's <laughs> like, well, just and he come, the dog. That's nice. And the come ba- he comes back, and the dog has the same kind of, like, obnoxious get-in-your-facedness of Columbo, except he's just uh, yeah. keeping keeping the mechanic from working on the car. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, yeah. oh there was an odd thing, too, uh, at the, the, the uh, dog school, where he wants to leave the dog at the dog school because he said his wife and kids, kids. are visiting someone. What kids. was that? Referring to and kids. That's, there's nothing to lie about there. No, that's no, not, he's, not, not, the he's not doing something. Yeah, he's not doing something with some suspect. So I guess that's an honest reference to a wife and kids. Wife and kids, I'm Which assuming. Which I thought was peculiar. Well, the uh, man's Catholic. Come on. Yeah, but, but that's true. <laughs> I assume that's that's Peggy, age 11, uh, Michael, age 9, Alan, oh, age 8. Okay. Uh, uh, Jessica is 6. The the twins, uh, Mar- Marjorie and Miller. Good Lord, what are you doing? Are Where is four. this coming from? I'm just making up names and that's putting good. numbers after them. It's not uh, 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 Pincus. 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 Pincus Columbo, who's 3. Pincus Columbo's 3. Pincus Columbo is the grandfather. Grandfather right. Pincus, uh, uh, and uh, and of course Mrs. Columbo is is expecting again, and that would be uh, Agatha. Ah, okay. <laughs> Agatha Columbo. But I I I adore that. Yeah, I mean that that might be the only kids at reference. Yeah, I think so. Because usually it's nephews and nieces. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. Like nephews and nieces doing something crazy or needing to buy gifts for them or something like that. Yeah, I think it's like the only time you actually hear him talk about like. He's got children, and you're right. Now, that being no said, be lying about it. So that being said, he could just be saying wife and ki- now we know that the Columbo house is, tends to be full of visiting nephews and nieces, and he could just be saying wife and kids, as in 
my wife is out with all of the nephews and nieces that are visiting. Maybe, or, but I think I think it's usually you it's say impl- that yeah, usually yeah, yeah. say that because you got one like the, the writers room for the show. Like, how closely did they adhere to this stuff? I'm mean, like, they wrote this in. They're like, well, but now we were saying he's got kids. He's got kids from now on. I'm like, yeah, he does or he doesn't. Whatever. <laughs> Leave it in. It sounds nice. They make makes the uh, the head of the dog school get jerks. He wants to accept the dog. All right, leave it in. It does. Script. If it if it is a lie, it implies that Columbo tries to befuddle everybody to get what he wants because he wanted to Could leave be. the dog there, and he might have just been like, "Oh, the wife and kids. You know, like one of the kids is sick. Alfie's got the measles. You know, he could have just led this big lie." But I think he just like tested a little lie to see if he could get his way. Maybe that's what happened. Could be. I mean, could yeah, because be. the guy, it, yeah, it's established he'll he'll do that. He'll probably. But that so. it could have led to a cartoon show, The Columbo Clan, oh, and it could have been <laughs> crime solving Columbo's kids and the dog talks in it. Pinkus, Marjorie course. Miller, the whole uh, the twins, Marjorie Miller. And it's like one of those really really awful like seventies. Uh, yeah, um, seventy seven Hanna Barbera cartoons. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That has a laugh, has a laugh track. <laughs> there's a friend. There's a talking dog. There's a friend from space. Right. There's a Irish a, Irish cop who's a friend of their dad's. They're always working. Yeah. There's a bumbling genie named Boom Boom. Yep. <laughs> oh yeah. Right. Throw it all in. John, John, draw that up. Draw up the. Uh, Character sheets in the seventies okay, for the right on that. Columbo Kids Detective Hour. I am just going to erase the faces from the Chan Clan and go. draw in Columbo faces. But I, I, I would say that that brings up an interesting angle for a Columbo revival because it could just be you know Columbo's son, Columbo Junior. Yeah, yeah, because Columbo Junior would be in his fifties now. <laughs> That's right. That's why it'd be great <laughs> to call him Columbo and Junior. And Mark Ruffalo is still perfect, so there you go. There you they go. still call they still call him Columbo Junior, though. I've been on the force for thirty years. <laughs> well, sorry, you're Columbo Junior. Oh, Jesus! All right. Every every episode, nice coat. Yeah, it's my dad's. Every time. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, I still got the same car, huh? I it was in the will. I have to. <laughs> I can't not do it, or else I lose like thousands of dollars. <laughs> What is it like a, a Brewster's Million situation? <laughs> yes, that's what it is. He has to drive the, the old car around and wear the coat, or else he doesn't win the Columbo's. Columbo's just got coffee cans full of hundreds buried in the backyard, like all the. <laughs> yes. That's buried around the buried around the metropolitan Los Angeles area. <laughs> you know, he he put enough rich murderers away. I bet he, you know, if he shorted that stock right before he made an arrest. That's, you're <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> I wonder. Totally maybe, that's work. Why he, maybe that's why he wore the overcoat because he was just every time he was in a killer's mansion, he was just loading his pockets with the silver. <laughs> oh no no no! What just if, no no! Just the uh, cash from the bags of money they always have laying around <laughs> with the dollar signs if, on them. What yeah. if Columbo was actually the greatest criminal in Los Angeles Could history? Be. <laughs> An amazing thief, <laughs> broken this wide open. Oh, uh, Columbo! At any rate, oh oh, he's a better cop. Oh, maybe a thief, but he's still a better cop. And the guy who was doing the uh, fingerprints on the door oh, God. at the Nicholson house. When Columbo notices, like, uh, the shoe scuffs, like, that height on the door from right. where uh, Jose Ferrer carried the dead body in, he says, like, oh, well, what's this? Like, oh, I don't know. Goes, like, <laughs> like, just like, well, no, it's a shoe scuff. I mean, they like, yeah, I guess. Like, he's just annoyed. It's like, your job is to, like, dust for prints and look for evidence, physical evidence. He's showing you physical evidence right over there behind you. And you seem annoyed. The guy, a shitty cop. But well, how about the coroner too? Like 
I think he got beaten up with baseball bats. Yeah, right. Of course. Maybe it was a car. <laughs> oh, that would make more sense. I guess. That's why it's giant impact and not a bunch of little ones. <laughs> baseball bats. <laughs> So, so that yeah, I think, the I think fire it's a, treads. I think yeah. there are probably some sort of angry little league team. Oh, the baseball furies came through. Baseball furies came through and beat this man for his chemically marked heroin and wallet. Columbo shared universe, and then lit a tiny match and ran away, screaming into the, the night all, to go all to the, the big back. meeting. Go to the big meeting at the uh, the abandoned <laughs> swimming pool. Run all the way back to Coney Island. Yeah, across oh, the continent. Shared universe. Yep. Better than those, those weird rugby shirt dudes. Um, I can't believe you have a preference for a Warriors team. No, the Baseball Furies. They're, they're fun. They're strange. All right. Yeah. Well, who, who, who was your favorite Warriors team? No, Baseball, baseball Furies. Yeah, I Baseball just, Furies. They sounded really dismissive of the rugby guys. They're all well, great. The rugby guys, they kind of seem like... Eh, they're like a... They're great for showing up. place for New I York, guess. really. That's just... All right. <clears throat> It's. It, it, they're, I bet they came from Westchester. <laughs> I bet they. they seem I guess, like if you heard them talk, they'd be like, "Hey, we're here." Like you know, they have that that the weird um, lockjaw. What's it called? The well, I don't know about you, oh, but mm-hmm. like, I can't remember that. Like the, it's a something lockjaw. Like the rich. Like they should have yeah. cigarette holders or something like that. Yes, the the. There's another yeah another uh, team. Uh, from the Warriors, the 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 Roosevelts. <laughs> Just a Wait, bunch of a bunch of squinting guys in wheelchairs and uh, cigarette holders. Well, we'll get you, by God! Yeah, just oh, wheeling oh. after you with like the they're like wheeling down this dark street. There's like the the arc light behind them, so they're backlit, and you just hear the squeaking in the distance. And then the, like, the warriors look behind them, like what's that? And then you see coming over some sort of hill, like these guys in the wheelchairs. You know what I like about this is that that would have been the the last two hours of Ken Burns Roosevelt's documentary. Oh, actually, you know what? That'd be great. So it's not just uh, FDRs; it's FDRs and Teddies. And Teddies and Eleanors. Teddies There's also like Teddies with these giant like clubs. It's the big sticks. They're like beating in their hands, coming after the guys. Right. And you slowly. can't hear anything they say because they're talking really softly. Yes. <laughs> Polly, we're gonna get you. Let's get them by God, and they're just like thump, thump, thump. It sounds it sounds a little more like the. Uh, I like this. Uh, I'm gonna. I like right. this movie. All right, go for it. I mean, that's very New York, right? Teddy Roosevelt and. and oh yeah, like, yeah, and FDR, yeah, 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 definitely. Anyway, Columbo. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's, that was a bit of a digression about oh, crazy enough. murderous Roosevelt-themed gangs. Roaming New York, terrorizing the citizenry. Why didn't we say there was a gang called the Columbos? The Nixons. Huh? The Columbos. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, that's too obvious. All right, fair that's enough. too obvious. They just <laughs> say that's one more thing and then kick you while you're down. Yeah, <laughs> no, they right. beat the shit out of you, and then as they're leaving, they say, just one more thing. And then, and then, they then punch the you. Then punch you in the yeah. throat. Yeah. <laughs> well... <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know where to go from that. Um, well, I, I know something. Okay, so, so this episode, um, you you kind of you brought this up before we uh, we started recording, Alex. Yeah, I, I was thinking about it too. It's it struck me in that it was kind of I liked it a great deal. It was a good episode, but there wasn't anything super exciting. It was very deliberately paced. It wasn't su- su- anything super exciting. It was just a very competent, good episode. There was nothing I felt crazy extreme about one way or the other 
regarding the thing. I don't know if you guys felt the same way, kind of. I felt like it was it was while it wasn't light on the padding, it didn't do the thing that a lot of the Alf Kellen episodes do, which is it has a scene that is nothing but padding. Right, because right, oh, his was the last one we did. The uh, the yeah, Dick Van Dyke it, one was he directed that one? Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, this, this was a shorter one too, so I think yeah. that helped a lot. It wasn't one like uh, a. There, there was some padding, but almost every time it was padding that was part of a, a more important scene. Right. Yeah. So I, I like that. That's 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 better than being hit over the head with, you know, like in the Johnny Cash episode, these like five drawn out segments that don't really necessarily relate to the a plot. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I actually made a note that this was the most movie like Columbo that I'd seen in a while. Oh, really? In what way? Uh, just the fact that it was just, just the structure of it. It was just it all everything. There wasn't a lot of digression or any of the weird experimental no. sides that they sometimes do. It all led to what was going on in the story. It all led to the end. Yeah. Much. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think I, I mentioned this before, but I just I love seeing all the stuff that like you don't normally see Columbo do. So just like chasing down leads and, you know, go talk like the motor pool guy talking to him is like would have it felt a lot like the, the stuff was like, well, yeah, we checked on that. And uh, we didn't, you know, see that. Uh, we usually don't see those. Yeah, we checked on that scenes, but there he was checking on it. Right. And, like, yes. It became a crucial thing. The extra three miles. Three miles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the guy hadn't noticed that. Well, or like the the scene with the the kid in the lab. Mm-hmm. You kind of felt a little bit like, or I felt a little bit like, um, like oh, it's gonna be one of those where it's gonna kind of meander. Like, well, no, there were there was a bunch of stuff in that scene that ended up being crucial to. The story crucial plot crucial to him figuring out more and more that it, that it was Jose Ferrer that had done it. I mean, that was actually useful to the plot. Yeah, and and plus, um, there's a great interaction with him and the kid where you get a little. I, I I wrote it down as almost a Sherlock Holmesian scene when when the kid asked him, "You know what I wanted to be when I was three? Oh was like, yes, right. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's like well, all kids want to be cops, and besides, you were talking to me, and you asked me, and I'm a cop, and like you get that cool little, you got a lot of insight into Columbo's investigative style in this episode, and, and especially the scene later on with the kid where he ta- he seems nervous, troubled because he can't figure this out, figure out how to crack yeah. it, and he talks about how he's got to go home to his wife, which I think is a huge thing. Yeah. He's got to go home to her and just talk it through with her to let something kind of come in, which I thought that that was a really, really good insight to his process. Yeah. So, and, and that's a project because, like, I, I didn't remember that stuff. I remembered, yeah. like, the robot and Jose Farrar mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, and uh, uh, the fact that Lucille Bluth didn't have a drop <laughs> the entire episode. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but... It, uh, I you know coming back to this because I've been watching all the shows like along with the podcast um, and uh, oh well thank you very much you're kind <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and and so like I was just thinking like you this is like the most police procedural Columbo that I've seen in, I think ever this, there's a great yeah, the, yeah, the gotta, bit where yeah. he's looking for evidence around the house in the very first scene he cu- counts the pipes. Mm-hmm. You know that's that's fantastic. That's actually walk, watching him walk through his process, which we don't get enough. I think. I think they do it. I they they have done it in the couple of we a few that we've seen where you see him just kind of going around, moving around the other cops, looking at stuff, getting at hands and knees, examining mm-hmm. things. But yeah, this time it seemed a lot 
more workmanlike, and it wasn't like, oh, look how quirky he is while doing this. It seemed like it just it seemed a lot more focused. Yeah. Um, somehow. So yeah, it, it was it was really good in terms of that. Yeah, I don't really. It was a good episode. But yeah, there was nothing like really weird or crazy about it, like you see sometimes. Except was, there was a robot in it. Well, there was a robot. But <laughs> that is never not on my radar. But it felt like it, it felt natural. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, it did. It felt like well, yeah, of course there'd be a robot Ugh. there. And the, like, the setting and the way it was used, it felt like well, yeah, okay. Yeah, and, and, and the fact that the robot didn't talk, I think, went a long. Oh thing. yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 You know, the, as we we. Now that we've come around on that, that's probably a very conscious decision to make it not corny, right? Although, or, or not too corny. It, the the robot looked weird, and also it was a famous robot, right? Yeah. But it still just kind of seemed like, oh well, it's it's just a robot. But those, those things that you program, like they didn't have it acting autonomously, like it's oh, yeah. it's got artificial intelligence. No, it was very much a tool, a piece of machinery that had to be told what to do, that had to be programmed. Yeah, it was, told in, that, it was, it was of, yeah. told in that really phony baloney 70s way, though, like, robot, walk to the door and shake that man's hand. And then right. the robot pr- parses is, all of that. By the way, better than robots can do now. So, <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> guess... I tried to give voice commands to one. It does. It's not that good. <laughs> better than Xbox, yeah. Uh, I, I guess if it had not been a famous robot, I might not have noticed so much. Because you're right. It would be like if the kid was like, have you met my pet dog Snoopy? And then a cartoon animated Snoopy walked on screen. It's, <laughs> it's hard not to be like, that Snoopy. Well, I mean, it would have been like, uh, what were those... Um, oh, those... I think it was Heathkit made them in the early 80s. They're kind of like these weird beige squat robots that had one arm. I can't remember what they were called. Oh, like uh, talk amongst yourselves. I gotta look this up. I love, I love how in. you just you love calling the Doctor Who fans nerds, and here you are just got on the robot jock calling a robot's presence in a police procedural detective show Hero. natural. It was called Hero One. It was like this uh. kit you could. It was just. It was this kit you could, It was this kit you could buy, but it just looked like this kind of boxy thing, which I don't know if that would have been natural-seeming and more of the time or what? Yeah, I mean, if they definitely if they got with the kid like that, like I, I you might not, have, you might have barely noticed it at all. Like, yeah. or it wouldn't have seemed that out of place. I mean, they had natural gas cars, and I did make a note, by the way, that even the mechanic's a genius, because he's the guy who was building them. Right, yeah. <laughs> Good point. The, uh, I think maybe if it had just been two of those chess-playing robot arms from Radio Shack. The Armatron, I had one of those. Armatron, that might yeah. be a nerd. Would, uh, that might have worked a little better, because then he could have put it up right in front of the computer. The wait, 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 wait. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm a nerd for having had an actual physical <laughs> yes! piece of robotics, yes! but, but it's terrible for me to not, not like... There's a show no about a kindly sense. man who travels through time in a phone booth and has adventures. <laughs> There's no with a twenty-year-old woman who That's changes every couple of years or so. <laughs> you say, fighting, I, fighting robot I'm, men. I'm a nerd because I had an, an, a robot armature that played chess with me. There's no. No, I didn't play chess. I just you kind of like pick things up. I mean, it's an actual piece oh, of yeah. technology and mechanics as opposed I to those two. Those were great. Those were fun. Uh, I had a, I had a Simon. Anyway, Simon. What was the Simon? That was the uh, Simon. No, it's just wait, wait, wait. oh, the pad I, with like the I, game or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was I the name know. of the robot that brought Polly beers and Rocky? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Those things. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about no? The best one. 
uh, was the robot in uh, Riptide, the TV show, that orange oh, thing with the huge wow. eyes? God. That robot. I can't remember its name. What, what if it had that? been Tweaky? What if it had been Tweaky instead of Robbie the Robot? Oh, yeah. It, it, yeah, I invented this is MM7. And it, yeah, and it just had Mel Blank's voice the entire time. <laughs> beanie, beanie, beanie. I think Cahill did it. Doc. Uh, uh. But, by the way, we should mention, since we've been talking about Robbie, that, that the... The robots. Sorry. Uh, the designer of Robbie, Robert uh, Kenoshida, actually passed away at age 100 last month. Good wow. Lord! So, yeah. He, he had constructed for himself a robot heart that enabled him to live that far. <laughs> which is amazing. The amazing oh, part of that story and inspiring. It's not on Google. Don't Google that, but it's true. Yes. Yeah, you won't find it on the internet. He kept it off. Using right. A robot. Secret. Yeah. Uh, so overall, uh, what, what, what's your general impression of the show? I think it was a good episode. I liked it. Yeah, I, I'd agree. I, and in fact, I liked it more than I remembered liking it. So this is, I actually think this would be a great Columbo introduction episode. I was just going to say that. I mean, if you, you, you kind of, aside from the fact, because it might set people off, like, there's uh, a robot in it? Okay, yeah. so that's going to be goofy. But no, if you can get past that, yeah, it's just a very good, normal, like you said, police procedural episode, and it just, yeah, plays out very well without a lot of fat. It's like very trim, gets to the point quickly, and there you go. Yeah, I, I definitely would not use this as an introduction, but if this was one of the first like ten Columbus you saw, it wouldn't be bad. <laughs> wow, that's a re-endorsement. I'm just saying, it wouldn't be bad if it's one of the first ten you ever saw. A maybe. robot in it. I can't. I can't begin to tell you how. Like, I if don't I know to... why. I don't feel like it's strange. It just isn't. At first, I did, but then watching it, it didn't. It never struck me as. I super wouldn't peculiar. even. I wouldn't even introduce you to Dobie Gillis with the Robbie the Robot episode. <laughs> I wouldn't even introduce you to the Adams <laughs> family with the Robbie the Robot Hazel, episode. Yes. Shows... Hazel, Hazel, definitely. Of course. Yes. Yeah, of course. But like, uh, even That's shows like where the, the premise stretches enough to, to accommodate talking robots, I wouldn't introduce you with that one. Uh, uh, we, even... we live in an era where police procedurals people have like holograms and stuff that we don't have in real life. Like, oh, yeah. how, different from Bones, where they have like a hundred million dollar facility where they to... can they can enhance and zoom in on any image. Yeah, they've got Richard Belzer's. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> Is he high tech? Yeah, pretty much. He's like a human howdy duty puppet. Don't or something? Google that, but yes, it's right. right there too. That's also true. He's a robot. Yeah, there you go. Well, I tell you, I liked it. I yeah, I I, I watched this one the first time uh, about a year and a half or two years ago, and just I couldn't stop rolling my eyes about the robot and Charlie X screaming all the time. But on this, watching it this weekend, liked it a lot more, and because it was focusing a lot on. Columbo more than I was focusing on the little uh, side stuff, so it's not bad. Yeah, and he's wonderful in this. There's a lot of great character stuff for him. And I'm really shocked that the kid actor did a really good job. He did a great job. He wasn't yeah. doing like the 1970s Neil Simon movie kind of thing. He just seemed yeah. like a kid. There's actually... Yeah. Uh, it was a I, bit sad. I made a note when he was in... Uh, there's a scene where Cahill comes into the computer control room when they're messing around in there, and the kid looks terrified. Oh, yeah, no, he did a great job with that. Yeah. So. Even clears his throat like, <clears throat> yeah. Stay in the computer, okay. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so yeah, overall good episode, uh, folks listening at home. Uh, you should go check it out. You should watch it yeah. on uh, your Netflix watch instantly or uh, DVD sets floating around out there. Uh, well, Alex, thank you very much for doing the show. 
uh, for Thank you. With us. Um, if people uh, want to look for your material online, where should they go? Uh, you can just go to forbes.com slash sites slash Alex Snap. Oh, it's that simple. All one word. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Twitter? Is there? Where should they follow you on Twitter? Uh, on, on, the, on the Twitter, I am the Alex Snap. That's All a good definite name. I like that. Yeah. That's Alex Snap. Yeah. Was there another Alex Snaps you did that, or you just there was just, there oh, was okay. I got on, so I just you know. That's I a good to, way uh, that they go like Alex Snap, two thousand one or you, something. You like that. Sh- the you Alex showed, Snap, damn it! You showed him. That's me. I'm the Alex Snap. He had to change his name to a Alex Snap. <laughs> yes. I'm an Alex Snap. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I, I guess that's the uh, the program for this week. Um, if you want to uh, listen to us. Uh, we're always available on our website, the citydesk.net slash just one more thing, or of course, uh, the podcast section of iTunes. Go to, uh, search for us there, or go to the TV film section. We're uh, listed right in there. Um, on Tumblr, uh, we post supplemental material. Uh, John does these uh, great uh, screen cap photo galleries each time. Uh, people send us links uh, for like articles or YouTube videos. Post those up there. That's at teamcolumbo.tumblr.com. Uh, last few weeks, we just started a Twitter as well, J-O-M-T Podcast, their Twitter. And if you want to write to us, uh, we're always checking your emails. We love reading them. Um, write to us at Columbo at thecitydesk.net. And we've been getting some really, really great comments and emails lately. We were talking about this before the episode started recording, and you guys have been... Uh, you guys in the comments have just been delighting us. Yes. Uh, last few last few episodes in particular, I've just absolutely been tickled by a lot of the conversation. Good going insights, on. good stuff. So yeah, please. Yeah. If you like it, uh, leave comments. We like reading them. We like responding to them. Comments or email, write in. Uh, we like uh, knowing you folks are out there, uh, especially been trying to build this up the last uh, few uh, months or so. So yeah, it, it, it's been really good to hear from you. And glad that people uh, still enjoy Colombo and still, especially in the UK. Boy, that's been a thing to find out. Right. And over there in, uh, in, in, in in the United Kingdom, people love the Colombo because it's never stopped airing, I guess, in the last uh, 40 years, which is amazing. So, yeah. So thank working, you for doing that. Working on some possible British guests, too. Yes, so. hopefully, yes. Stay we tuned. are looking Stay into tuned. that. Working at hopefully some scheduling things and whatnot. Um, well, yeah, like I said, that's the program. Um, we'll talk to you next time. I'm R.J. White. I'm John Morris. And uh, have, have a good time until uh, later. Bye. Oh, listen, just one more thing. <laughs> have a good time till later. Have, and then don't have a good time. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. I got to start working on a sign-off, but oh well. <laughs>